anyway, if you want to turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we'll read verses 1 through 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Yeah, I kind of could relate to that little boy a little bit because uh, uh, mom and dad, they sent me to Tri-City Christian when I was a kid. And, uh of course, dad started the church and stuff, and being a pastor and have a lot of money, and a lot of those kids there, a lot of, a lot of rich kids, and they had all the best and the brightest of everything, and, and there was a lot of times they would have stuff that uh, I wish I could have but didn't, and I would, uh, I've been known to do stuff like that little kid did, put a piece of paper on there to say UT or something. I remember as a kid, everybody get bragging on had glasses. Well, I wanted glasses, so I had a pair of Scooby-Doo sunglasses I, I put on, and of course, I got made fun of for obvious reasons, and the teacher had to tell me to take them off. But uh, so I can relate a little bit. But uh, I, I was I was bullied a little bit here and there. But oh well, I'm big and strong now, and I can take it when an Alabama fan makes fun of me, like Richard Green. He's mean to me on Facebook. Bullies me. I just like no, he tops his words for him. All right, chapter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's Alabama fan. He can't read. All right. Uh, I'm teasing. Hey, I know he's going to go there. That's the reason I said that because I said I hope that Clemson uh, kicks North Carolina's tail. And I spelled it T-A-L-E instead of T-A-I-L. And, of course, like the smart like he was, he had to point it out. So that's why, that's why I had to say that because I knew because of where I messed up. So. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, Time to get in, I'm sorry, and a, what's the matter with me today? Verse 6, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, again we come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, I just pray that you'll fill this sanctuary with your sweet Holy Spirit. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in your word this morning. And Lord, I uh, just pray that we'll glorify you, edify the listeners. And Lord, just help us to learn and to grow and to never, ever be stagnant in our walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, so, uh, you know, I'm excited to, uh, I've missed being up here to preach where I've been out sick, obviously, and uh, one great thing is, the Lord gave me a ton of sermon ideas, every time I'd be reading something, or uh, Lord lays up my heart, I'd write it down, you know, and so uh, one of the things, for, uh, praise God for that, because sometimes uh, as a pastor, you know, it's like, well, what am I going to speak on this week, going to do, you know, and uh, nothing worse than be on a Saturday evening. You're thinking, I don't know what I want to preach on. You know, it's, 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 but praise God, he gave me a lot of uh, sermon ideas uh, to draw from. But uh, so uh, reading these verses here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, you know, uh, I was reading an article. Well, actually, I heard of, well, I read it. It was in an article and also heard it. Uh, it was uh, Billy Graham in 1982, I think it was. Uh, I was trying to think where it was at. It was Southern 
remember what the name of the church was. But anyway, um, he was talking about the brevity of life. He was 64 years old at the time, and he said if he could, uh, he, he said you know, he can't get young people to understand uh, the brevity of life, how short life is, and that uh, if he could go back and tell his 20-year-old self that he would never believe it, uh, how fast it goes by, and it does. I mean, I just... Uh, here I'll be uh, 47 in December, and uh, of course I I know I look 17, but you know, but I'll be 47 in uh, December, and uh, it just don't seem possible uh, that that much time has gone by that fast. Uh, uh, day was uh, National uh, Appreciation of Your Son Day, and uh, I think the week before that was Daughter's Day. And uh, looking at these pictures of my kids, uh, it just seemed like yesterday were they were just born. I mean, it just. I'm sure a lot of you parents can relate. It just seems like, and it just, I blinked. And, you know, here he's down in Florida, and he's uh, uh, trying to make a career down there. And my daughter, uh, sophomore in high school, and driving, and it just, uh, I just don't understand it, you know. And uh, that, that amount of time can go by uh, that quickly uh, in our lives. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people, I don't think, realize how fast time does go by to them. You know, you think 40 years old, well, gosh, that's forever, that'll, that'll ever get here. And it's like, you know, it's been 30 years almost since I graduated high school. I graduated in 91, and that don't even seem possible. You know, I just, I don't know, it just amazes me how fast time goes by. So, as a result, we need to appreciate uh, the, the time that we have in our lives. We can waste time looking backwards, which is easy to do. You know, it's really easy. It's something I have to fight. You know, no man gets any, you can't go forward looking backwards. And it's so easy to look back and think, man, I wish I had done this. I wish I had said this. But you know what? God has a plan for your life. And there are all these little things you think, well, I wish I had done. God had a reason for certain things to happen in your life to get you to where you're at now. And we need to understand that we are forgiven. See, the old devil wants to bring it up in your head. You've done this. You've done that. You said this. You can't be a Christian. You know, you've done, you know, and it's so easy to dwell in those things. But we have to understand that we are forgiven, that Jesus Christ loves us, and the fact that he knows we're going to sin. You know, your sin is not a surprise to God. You know, when you mess up, you're thinking, oh my gosh, how's God, how's God going to forgive me? It's not a surprise. You know, it ain't like he's like, oh, well, look what Hoppy did. I didn't know he was going to do that today. You know, God knew what was going to happen before we ever done it. But out of his grace and his mercy, he continues to love us despite ourselves. And that should, to, should help us to embrace uh, that love that Jesus Christ has given us that much more. That he is forgiving. That he does love us. That he does show his grace upon us. And, and trust me, we mess up. I mess up every day. I mean, every single day. You know, I think some people think, well, if you're a preacher, you should be at a certain level. And, you know, I, as a preacher, I wish I was at a certain level. But, uh, you know, I'm still in a growth and progress myself. Uh, just yesterday, uh, you know, I, I, I'm st- you know, it's no excuse. But I'm still hurting and painful and irritable and just having to take all this medication. And I'm still having a hard time getting out and driving and doing stuff. And it's just aggravating. Me and Brandy was fussing. She just, you know, she can't understand why I'm right all the time. You know, she's hard for her to... No, I'm teasing. Don't, some of these ladies look at me sometimes when I tease Brandy like, I, I'll kill him. You know? so I, she knows I'm joking. And I've told her, I said, if you really quit, quit teasing with you, I will. She goes, no, I know your sense of humor. So, But, uh, and you know, I try, you know, I'm just trying to have a good day. Here I'm at Food City and Gray, and, and as I'm pulling through there, this guy is in, about to hit me head on, and I was like, threw up my hands. Well, he's mocking me, throwing up his hands, and, 
as the gentle, kind, Christian man that I am, I rolled down the window asking what his problem was in a very loving way. No, I hollered at him and said, what's your problem? He said, I'm trying to keep him hitting this woman. I said, wouldn't it make sense to stay in your lane and stop till I went by instead of trying to hit me head on? He goes, yeah, preacher, I know who you are. And I was like, that made me more angry, but I went on. And uh, Brady said, see, see, they knew who you were. You need to control yourself. And that didn't make it any better either. So I felt bad that here I am a preacher and I got upset. So now this guy's going to probably have a bad, you know, things to say. So yeah, I ran that preacher and he's throwing his hands up. I mean, I didn't cuss. I just got mad, you know. I, I didn't threaten him. I don't think I did, did I, Brady? I don't think I did. But I, uh, so, and then, so it made for a bad day because I, was already, I already felt bad and guilty for showing myself. Then Brandy, she was trying to, you know, in her way to make me realize that I need to be more careful of my actions. But the way she was saying it was making me more angry. And then I was trying to merge into traffic. And this guy, this little Honda, you know, they think they're fast and furious. It was like a bumblebee. You know? And I'm like, I just need to get over. And he just looks at me and just gives a smart like look because he's trying to let me over. And I was just like, you know, and I just forced myself over. I heard him screech his tires. I didn't care. I was that mad. And finally, I told Brandy, I said, whatever we stop at, just drive. I said, I am done. I said, I don't know if it's the medicine I'm on. I don't know if it's where I'm hurting. But if you don't drive, I'm going to kill somebody today. And I'm going to be in jail. And I said, hey, that's going to make for a bad testimony Sunday morning. Dad's a pigeon forwards. They say, well, Matt would be here, but he's in jail for hurt or threatening road rage on people. So, you know, so I, I am a work in progress. I try hard to control my temper. I try hard to curb my redneck tendencies. And I pray every day for the Lord to make me a more kind, loving, and gentle human being. And, you know, I, I would hope that maybe one day the Lord will grant me that prayer request that I could be a more kind, loving, and gentle person. But uh, that's just it. Nobody's perfect. You know, nobody's, it, we're all struggling. We're all, you know, everybody gets mad. It's just that everybody does it in a different direction. You know, they, they, they handle it different ways. I'm loud or boisterous. Some people are condescending. Some people are, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, it's just the fact that we're all going to sin while we're on this earth. Does that make it right for us to sin? No, we have to try harder to do what is right in God's eyes. And, uh, and so when we mess up, it's easy to waller and, and, and be upset, or we can uh, uh, ask God for forgiveness and push forward and go further in our walk with Christ. I think some people want just enough of Jesus. I think some people just want a pastor to give you a few pointers to help you in your Christian walk, uh, kind of lift you up a little bit like a coach would a football team, and then, then you feel better. But we need to make sure that we are glorifying God in all areas of our lives and what time we have on this earth. And that, um, you know, it's more than just trying to get a few pointers in, in, in our church attendance. It's more about trying to learn and how we can more glorify God in our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our actions in, in, in every area of our life. And, uh, and so we, I think sometimes we're, we're trying to constantly make God bend to our will and to submitting. Instead, we need to submit our will to God. And I saw a little illustration the other day uh, when, you know, where I've... Uh, been laid up and I've been watching a lot of different uh, uh, videos as far as like Billy Graham sort of things there's a tribe of Judah that does some like inspirational videos and I saw this illustration I thought it made a lot of sense uh, and you may have seen this illustration before I don't know if you have or not if you have and bear with me for those who have it but anyway it's got to a rope okay like you know he didn't uh, hurt anybody with him like it but he uh, 
And he's talking about hell. Has anybody seen this before? This illustration before? Has anybody seen this? Okay. Uh, so he's saying that, uh, it makes sense, this is your life. All right? You have beginning, middle, end. This is your life. This is eternity. This rope would say it goes on forever. All right? Obviously, this goes to the end of the stage, but I mean, this goes on for, you know, like this is eternity. This, this is the, your eternity. This is your life. You're born, you work, you think, well, I'm going to save up and I'm going to uh, work towards retirement, and then I'm going to have this much time in my life to enjoy my life and do what I want to do. Now, you've got, that's all you've got, but you're looking forward to this last little bit right here. And I think so much, so many people in our city are, I think they need sometimes a visual when it comes to how short our lives are. Because we're just here, just, it's just like, like James told us, we're just a baby. We're only here just for a little while. We're only here just for a minute. It's like we're talking about the brevity of life. I think some people, the young people and all of us need to understand how short our lives are. We're so focused on work. We're so focused on football. We're so focused on, on, uh, on trivial things that doesn't matter, material things that doesn't matter. We're so focused on the temporal, we don't focus on the eternal. Brady's talking about uh, somebody she's talked to said, uh, uh, said oh, I know I'm going to hell, but I ain't worried about it. I was like, you know, it's sad that there's people out there who make those kind of comments and don't realize the ramifications and the seriousness of what they're saying. Hell is real. Hell is going to be uh, like a heap like you've never known. It's going to be screaming. It's going to be gnashing of teeth. It's going to be like, it's the absence of God. It is going to be like anything that nobody can ever imagine. It's not going to be a good old time with your buddies. It is literal torment. And I think that people are so focused on the trivial, so focused on other things, they forget why we're here. Why do we exist? Why is there life? We are here to serve the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. We need to make sure we have our hearts and our minds right with Jesus Christ. Because eternity, you either have all of eternity to spend in hell, or you have all of eternity to spend in heaven. There are no second chances. You don't get to a certain place and, and, and you have to get to, to atone and make up for some bad things and you get into heaven. If that was the case, who would accept Jesus Christ the Lord and say, well, gosh, I've got a second chance. I'm going to do what I want to now, and then I'll still go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. To be absent from the body, was our opening scripture, is to be present with the Lord. Either you know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, or you don't. And one the reason why we exist is to serve Jesus Christ. And maybe you need to take your spiritual pulse as to where you're at, because you only got this much of your life compared to all of eternity. And so that's why I think that when I saw that visual, when I saw uh, him do that illustration, uh, it really, I thought, you know what, that, that makes sense. Because we're reading here uh, in these verses in Ecclesiastes, we're talking about the seasons of our lives. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to laugh. All right, you don't laugh at a funeral. At least I wouldn't hope you would. Uh, there's been times where things have happened, and I've had to pinch the, my leg so hard to keep myself from laughing. I know it's a horrible thing to say as a preacher at a funeral. But it's not that the funeral I felt was funny. It's just there's a situation that maybe a family member thought they could sing. And they could not sing. And all I kept hearing was Simon Cowell talking about, you know, how bad this person was. And I was just thinking, you know, like America's Got Talent kept going through my head. And I was thinking, oh, Lord, please make an end. And it's like they found the longest song in the history of man to sing. And it was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was like, you know, it was like 
it's worse than hearing me saying, you know how bad I am. And I was thinking, oh, Lord, honey, please just sit down. Just sit down. We're all going to be dead. But, uh, you know, so there's a time to laugh. There's a time to dance. There's a time to do certain things. We all have seasons in our lives. There is a time we're born. There's like the springtime of our lives. We have the, the summertime of our lives. Like me, I'm getting into the, or am in the fall of my life. And then some of us are in the winter of our lives. You know, uh, there's another thing Billy Graham was talking about too. Not trying to rip off anything. He's, you know, I'm not ripping off anything in his sermons. I pray for, I take sources from different areas and then put together a sermon. But he was talking about that, um, uh, that generally, despite all the advances of science, most people live to be around 70 years of age. And you know, and you may be surpassed 70 years of age. And you praise God every day that you that God, God has given you longevity of life. But for the most part, most people have 70 years on this earth. You know, and that's one thing I pray about, you know, uh, with my dad. You all know that I'm very, very close to my dad. And I have to pray about that because... He's getting close to 70. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, I pray that he'll live to be in his 90s. <clears throat> but uh, I pray that if that's not the Lord's plan for his life, that he will grant me the grace and the ability uh, to... Uh, to, to have strength in the wake of things I cannot control and draw my strength from Jesus. Because whether it's him, my mother, heaven forbid, my wife, or my kids, my grandmother, that the uh, Lord will give me that strength that can only come from him. Because I can't do it on my own. So that's why we need to enjoy every second we have with our loved ones. That's why we need to make the best use of what time we have on this earth for Jesus Christ. We're only here for a little while, all right? Just a vapor. Whatever past mistakes you've made, whatever you've done in the past, that's in the past. We're all given 24 hours a day. You know, we have Amy back here who works at a bank. You, she knows you only have so much money in your bank account that you have to spend. We all have 24 hours in a day. How you use that time is on you. And if what you don't use don't stay in the bank and collect interest, it's gone. Once that day is gone, it's gone for good. So you better use it to the best of your abilities. So I want you to look over here at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And uh, by the way, I'm going to tell you on my PowerPoint, uh, hopefully they're showing up here, uh, is that uh, all the pictures being used are pictures I took around the house where I've been, where I've had the surgery, I have to walk. And so I thought there have been some really beautiful days and I just thought I'd take some pictures. Well, when I do a PowerPoint, I think I want to use some of these pictures that I took uh, for my sermon today. So all these pictures are, uh, are a uh, Matt Young original. So, but... Uh, but anyway, uh, Jeremiah 29. Now the King James Version, all right, if you're, uh, I'll still hear some pages rattling. Let me 
give you a second. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Now, uh, I love King James. Uh, I do love the poetic way that it is written. But in the, in the English Standard Version, kind of gets a little more to uh, what I'm heading. The English Standard Version says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future hope. Now, I appreciate uh, uh, Darlene Russell does her sign down here. I noticed they had, uh, that what their sign kind of goes along a little bit with what I was talking about this morning, what I'm, what I'm talking about this morning. They just talking about Proverbs 69, how a man can plan his steps, but the Lord will direct his path in the right direction. I know I didn't say it exactly how they had it, but you know, when I study for a message or a sermon, sometimes it's amazing how God will show me things just like that when I was driving in this morning to reassure me a little bit, this is what I want you to preach. Whether I see something like that, or something on the radio, television, it kind of reinforces, yes, this is what I want you to talk about. Now, when we look at Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Now, uh, one thing we need to understand about this passage is that it is not technically for us today. Now, a lot of people use these verses. A lot of people use these verses for encouragement. Is it is you know, when we study proper hermeneutics, we have to understand how it was meant for the original audience and how it is intended for us today. A Bible verse may only have one meaning, but many applications. The meaning in this was for the Israelites, not for us. In the fact that. Uh, they were under captivity in Babylon, uh, and so they had a false prophet, Hananiah, to come to say, oh, you're only going to be here for two years, and then the Lord's going to get you out of here. And Jeremiah come in and confronted him and said, no, you're going to be here for 70 years, not two years. And he corrected this, this turkey. He was telling them false information. And he said, not only are you going to be here for 70 years, but you're going to be nice to these people, you're going to uh, do good things for these people, and then at the end of 70 years, then that's when you'll be exiled. And so many of those who left that captivity never knew, uh, really, because most of the people didn't live past the time of, of the right prophecy of the 70 years to, to leave there. However, we can apply what has been said here to our lives today. All right, does that make sense? So for the fact is, that uh, God does have plans for us. He, uh, as, this, as the English standard verse says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil, and to give you a future and hope. So we can take hope in Jesus Christ. We, uh, we can take a great pleasure and confidence in His plan for us. See, if we don't know what God's plan is for us, His plan, His plan is for us to come to know Him as our personal Lord and Savior. Or His plan is for us to glorify Him. I think so many people are so uh, interested in, in their own, uh, what they want to do. They think, well, I'm going to plan this, and hopefully God will bless it. What we need to be doing is to make sure that we're submitting ourselves to God, praying for wisdom and discernment to make sure whatever plan we may be thinking of, that it is God's plan and that we are glorifying Him in it. Does that make sense? We need to make sure that we are glorifying God in every area of our lives. God, what is your plan for us? See, we get up in the morning and we, we spend that time in prayer. Hopefully you're getting up and spending time in prayer, spending some time in the Word. And, then, and by doing that, we're showing humility before God Almighty and saying, Lord, what is your plan for me? How can I better serve you today? 
How could I better be a humble servant, a slave to you? I wore a term that many don't want to hear today. A slave to you, God Almighty. How can I serve you? What is your plan for me? Not what I want. What do you want? Where do you want me to go? How can I better minister? How can I better be a witness for you? Now, I want you to look over here at, uh, let's see here, at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, if you, I want you to bring up that slide here as I read this. Romans chapter 8. I want you to look it up for just for a second. I want to talk about it. Romans chapter 8. Uh, we're looking at 31 through 39 of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Sorry, the 31st verse. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Man, is that not a powerful piece of scripture right there? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's an awesome thing. That, should, that verse alone in your Christian walk should encourage you like nothing before. If God is for us, imagine what you accomplished. Quit put away your anxiety, your worries, your depression, your fears. If God is for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate from love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not powerful? Amen. Amen. That is powerful. That, those passages alone, if any other passage, should encourage you and spur you on as a Christian, as a child of God. Now, is that slide up? I want to show you something on this slide. On that, on those verses. Okay. You see this picture here? This is where the, uh, this is at David Moon High School, uh, the principal there, uh, uh, Campbell, he, uh, Tim Campbell, he put this on Facebook. This is where they were doing the prayer around the pole uh, the other day. A little girl, you see her, you zoomed in, and you can see her there at the front. All these kids gathered around to have that prayer at the pole. Well, yesterday got me really choked up. In fact, I was choked up when I was reading it to Brandy. And uh, there was, they had this the other day, and there was a little boy uh, in Florida. He was in high school there. Uh, what was the name of that school? Simiola High School. I can't remember the name of it now. But anyway, uh, he went to do the prayer around the pole. He was the only one. <laughs> he was the only one to stand there. The only one that showed up. And he said that when he was praying, he said, Lord, let this touch the hearts of those who might be seeing me here. Now that took a lot of guts for that young man to stand by himself at that pool to pray. To pray for his school. And his mother wrote a little article and said that she had 
took her stuff off Facebook for a little while. She'd get tired of a lot of stuff that was on there. And said, uh, a friend of hers said, uh, you might want to not want to get on there. You've been tagged in a post. <clears throat> said that um, when she looked it up, she saw the boy standing at the pole. And said the more she looked, she said, that's my son. <laughs> said that um, uh, people were commenting like crazy. Said people that even said, I'm not saved, I'm not a Christian, but said that they could, they were they had such positive things to say about that young man, saying like, he must have great parents and uh, they must have really instilled great things in him. And she said, uh, she said, here I felt like uh, I failed this, him every day, failed my kids every day. She said, and and uh, she said that you know she has health issues and things. And uh, she said that uh, where he prayed uh, that he hoped that it would prick the hearts of those who were watching. Uh, they were crying. Because all the thousands of comments that that prayer was answered of how many people that what he had done touched. People that weren't even saved were touched. That he stand there alone at that flag and prayed. That takes a real Christian to stand there and do something like that. You got all these kids. See, I think I'm brainstorming. I said, well, I think we take for granted living in the Bible Belt uh, of our Christian beliefs. And you see something like this, how far people have gotten away from God. How far people have gotten away from church. How far that people want nothing of God anymore. And only one boy stood there to pray. I was kind of makes you think of Sodom and Gomorrah a little bit, ain't it? Say, Lord, let me find 50 people. Let me find 20 people. Let me find 10 people. Let me find one person. Is that where our country is headed? Or is that where we're at now? Sometimes I think we're worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, Mattel come out with a gender-neutral doll where they can uh, make it to be whatever gender they want it to be. Sickening. Now, I want you to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 23 through 25. This I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that, we, that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things, that they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. The Apostle Paul was writing this from prison. And... Uh, they had uh, what we, the Isthmian Games, which we consider the Olympic Games today, every four years. Uh, in fact, it was from 776 B.C. to uh, A.D. 393, and it's almost mandatory for him to go. But uh, he was talking about how that can be related uh, to our walk as Christians. And you may say, in what way? Well, when you see an Olympian, they train hard. They work hard. They train hard. They, you know, I say, I like to run. And uh, I enjoy it. A lot of people think, well, you're crazy that you like to run. Most people say, if you, if you see me running, you better see what's chasing. You know, and, uh, uh, but these people, you know, their good is not enough. They push harder. They eat right. They, 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 they train. 
It, it is uh, because the, to be an Olympian, you have to be the best. There's no halfway. There's no just enough. It, it is full force. Well, see, that is us as Christians. We have to give our alls each and every day. It has to be full force. It can't be halfway. It can't be, well, I've got just enough of God and that's it. It has to be all in. See, the Apostle Paul here, you know, he, he, was, uh, he wanted to demonstrate God in all areas of his life. You know, he didn't do it because he hoped to obtain the, the ability to love the Lord or that God would accept him. He did it because he knew he was loved and he knew that he was saved. See, we're going to find and see a lot of obstacles in our lives. If you're not training, so your training is spending that time in, word, in the Word of God. Your, your training is spending that time in prayer. Your training is, 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 is training your mind to accept and to know the things of Jesus Christ. But so many people only want, only want so much. You know, i got just about enough of God I want. I, I, I said the words, I'm in, so I'm going to do what I want to. There's some people out there, you never know if they're a Christian or not. By the way they talk, the way they act, the foul language they use, and the things that they say and do. They, may, they never know you saved. That's why we have to be temperate in all things. That's why we have to train every day. That's why we have to give God our all each and every day. And we're going to find obstacles every day. There are things we have to overcome in our lives. That's why our, our growth as Christians is a constant growth. That's why we can't be stagnant. I, I've told you this before. When my, my daughter was little, we had to take her. She had to be weighed. If, she was not, if her weight had, was not increasing, if her height, if she wasn't growing, there was grave uh, concerns for her health. Well, we've got a lot of Christians out there who are still like newborn babies who are not gaining weight, who are not growing. And you should be worried. We have to be growing to full spiritual maturity. We have to be in a constant state of growth, constantly learning, constantly growing, trying to constantly learn about the things of Jesus Christ, to have that mindset of God, to be a reflection of Jesus Christ in all areas of our lives. But so many people aren't doing that. What they see is a massive mountain ahead of them. They say, oh man, I, there's no way I'm ever going to make it up there. There's no way that I'm going to be able to handle this or do this. I was reading uh, in my studies here about a... Uh, drill instructor in the Marines. He said when they had to do this massive climb uh, up a, a part of their training, uh, was up, going up this really big mountain, he told them, he said, you know, don't focus at the top of the mountain. He said, you just focus on uh, maybe a tree a uh, hundred yards ahead of you. You just focus on trying to get to that tree. Once you get to that tree, focus on the next tree a hundred yards up. And he said, before you know it, you're going to be at the top of that mountain. So we focus too much on, the, on, the, on all the forest and the mountains and all the problems in our lives. Instead of focusing on the one thing that we need to be focused on, Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of all things, who is in control of all things in our lives, He is the one who's going to take care of our anxiety. He is the one who's going to take care of our depression. He is the one that will get you to the top of that mountain. But you're too busy wringing your hands saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of this? What, how am I going to get over this obstacle? It is through Jesus Christ who strengthens you and helps you to endure. Endurance. See, when I, when I run, I'm... I, uh, the farthest I ran at one time without stopping was, um, uh, uh, say, was it 20 miles, Brandy? I think it was 20. Was it 21? I can't remember because I was wanting to trade for a marathon. And, uh, uh, and, you know, that is endurance. And see, that's why that's how we grow uh, as Christians is to endure the obstacles and the pains and the sufferings of this life. You think I like being sick? I hate it. I hate being sick all the time. The doctor did some more blood work the other day and said that, Whatever is in my, my, my immune system is so screwed up, it actually rejects the pneumonia shot. So it doesn't even help me. So I'm here, I've been getting it, and it didn't even matter. It doesn't even help me. And then I had to have this surgery, and that laid me down. 
And just, and I told Dad, I said, I don't want to be known as the, as the sickly preacher. I want to be known as a man who loves the Lord Jesus Christ off my heart. So would be. That's what I want to be known about. As a man who loves Jesus. He won't back down. I don't care how society wants to silence uh, my, my freedom, my, my freedom of speech, uh, my love for Jesus Christ. They want to suppress that because when they can suppress our beliefs, our convictions, silence Christians, then anything goes. See, we're the only thing standing between us and the real evil that wants to destroy this country. And that's why we have to endure. We have to persevere. When we're sick, when we're suffering, we're dealing with these things. We, that's when we need to reach out to God that much more. That's when we have to grow and learn. If you're not studying, you're not training. When the bad things hit, then when you fall, you're like, well, I don't know what happened. The old devil knocked me out. And trust me, it can happen like that. Like I said, just yesterday, I was just pulling into a parking lot and got into it with a guy. I should have just, like as Brandy told me, as quiet and gentle as she could, that I should have just left my window up and parked. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was nice about it, but I didn't take it as nice as she tried to put it. <laughs> you know, but we, uh, see, it's just that quick, something can happen. And there, see, I might have hurt my witness. Well, I probably did hurt my witness right then. That's how the old devil works. He knows your weakness. He knows how to get you, and it will happen for you, but know what hit you. And you're like, what just happened? What just come out of my mouth? What did I just watch? What did I just do? I can't, you know, here I'm supposed to be a Christian. And then it's like, well, why? You know, and then sometimes it can be so much to the point of thinking, why am I even saved? Why even bother? Sometimes we don't understand why babies have to die. We don't understand why people have to be sick. We don't understand these things. But what we have to understand is that God is in control and we have to put our faith and trust in Him. And even though we, us as finite beings, may not understand an infinite God, that's where we still have to rely upon His strength and His ability. Now, I'm out of time. But, just remember, my friends, you don't have that much of a life. Now, it's one thing that when I do my daily devotions each and every day, I say, live today as if it were your last, because one day it's going to be. That's all you got. That's all you've got. And then this is what you've got to focus on. Coming and sitting in this pew is not going to make you saved. Even being benevolent and kind-hearted is not going to get you saved. Your daddy come to church, your granddaddy come to church, that doesn't make you saved. You can be as kind and good and gentle and sweet as you want. That ain't going to get you saved. You think, well, I get myself together, I'll get saved. You'll never get saved at that point. God doesn't need you here. He wants you just as you are. Alright, you got to he wants you just as you are. He don't expect you to be at a certain level, at a certain place in your life. He wants you as you are, warts and all. He don't care about it. He just wants you. So whatever addictions or things you may be battling now that you think, well, once I quit that, I'll get saved. Don't worry about it. You just give your life to Jesus Christ today. We're living in the last days. Did you yet notice all the crazy junk that's going on right now? We are in the last days. So you better get your heart right because guess what? You've got this all eternity. Either you're going to spend that all in hell or you're going to spend it all in heaven with Jesus Christ. That's a decision only you can make. You say, well, that ain't fair. God shouldn't send anybody to hell. God don't send anybody to hell. You've got the choice. Nobody forces it on you. 
You can't buy your way in. You don't see a U-Haul behind your hearse. You can't take none of this stuff with you. Right? I've yet to see one U-Haul behind any funeral I've done. Right? And, and so you can't take it with you. You can't buy your way in. You can't work your way in. It is a free gift of God. And he's offering you that gift today. You can't stand before God Almighty and say, Well, no, I never, nobody ever told me. You got a chance today. This may be your last chance to give your life to Jesus. If you'll stand, let me have a word of prayer. Then we have an invitation song to play. And if while that's playing, if you have any concerns, prayer requests, or uh, just want if you want to get saved, come forward and talk to me this morning. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you for another day, another day to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for our clothes, our shoes, our homes, our cars, healthy families. And Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for sending your Son to save us, wretches, evil, wicked people like us. You sent your only Son to take our being. You sent your only Son to die on the cross for us. And Lord, we know the grave couldn't hold him, but he conquered death and sin. And Lord, uh, God knows our hearts and minds. He knows everything we have to deal with. Lord, only only you can give us that peace that we are searching for. And Lord, that strength that can only come from you. Only you, Jesus, atoned for our sins. You paid a debt you did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.